This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Blue Wire. Think about Lawrence. Fires to the end zone. Touchdown! Alabama wins! Elliott. Dodge the eye of this national championship win. A deep throw by Lawrence. A lot of contact. Justin Ross broke free from it. He's down in the end zone. Touchdown, Clemson. Welcome into episode 58 of Press Pass. I'm Kayla Anderson along with my co-host Joshua Perry. And last week you could really tell that I had the uh, sniffles, a head cold. I'm on the the up and up. But then my friend Joshua here, he has traveled all weekend like he does all the time. And now you've got this thing. Yeah, got got some sniffles. I'm a little <laughs> congested. I can't hear out of my right ear. I'm about to go to the doctor as oh. soon as we're done taping this thing because I feel miserable. Well, you know what? We appreciate you coming on and doing this because it's this time of the year. I swear it's like you can't you can't get through the holidays clean slate. You know, it's always got to no. be something. It is literally always something. Like, and, and the fact of the matter, too, I haven't done any holiday shopping yet, so that should be interesting. Oh, you um, haven't? No, no. I, my list isn't very long this year. Uh, my girlfriend and I aren't exchanging gifts. We're, we're going to sponsor a family for Christmas, so that oh, takes the work out of it for us. Get to do something positive. But I'll be buying gifts for the family. Which I'm so I'm not a huge big gift Christmas kind of guy because it's you know Christmas isn't about us and it's not about the gifts. Sure. And I, I hate how commercial it is, but yep. you get roped into it because you don't want to alienate anybody. And so I'm going to trod my way through that. But looking forward to spending time with family and eating a ton of food and having some drinks and the whole deal. Well, so here's my thing, Joshua. You know, you know, my career has taken me a lot of different places. I've lived in seven different cities. And so most of the time in the past, I'd say 10 years, I've probably been more so away from my family than I have been close to my family, which is when you get older, you start to realize like your family has always been important to me. But as you get older, you realize how important it is. And um, I think it's, you know, for me being all the way, you know, thousands of miles away from my home, when I get to come see my family once a year, it's a very special time for me. And because we're all kind of spread out across the the West Coast. So we come together down here in California, usually either Thanksgiving or Christmas. But this year, we decided to do it in between both of them. So we had our Christmas dinner on fri- Friday, no, Saturday night. And our Christmas dinner is very, very, um, it's very special because we're Scandinavian. And my grandma she they came straight over from like Sweden and Denmark and all those places over in Scandinavia. So we make these famous meatballs of hers every single year. And 
I am not kidding you, Joshua. They are the most amazing meatballs you'll ever come across. So if I ever am in the same place as you and I make these meatballs, I'll, I'll send you a couple because they are about. I really appreciate yeah, I that. Mean, I'm a, <laughs> they're awesome. I'm a huge holiday food guy. Um, and anything homemade from somebody's grandparents, like out of, you know, just pure love and joy and like a passed down recipe that's, is good enough for that's me. That's what I'm saying. And that's the best time of this year. I think everybody has their own traditions. So I always love and appreciate people who have that family tradition of, you know, making food or whatever it is, because it is so cool to see everybody's different ways of celebrating. All right. So let's get in to some football because now there's not as many games here until the Bulls start to start up, but we still have a lot going on because this last week we had the Heisman ceremony and we all knew what was going to happen. We all knew Joe Burrow was going to win the Heisman. But we just didn't know exactly how dominant it would end up being. Well, it ended up being extremely dominant in terms of the votes and percentage. What was your thoughts on, you know, Burrow dominating the votes? And then were you surprised at all by Jalen Hurts as the runner up? So I think everybody knew Joe was going to win. And there was a lot of conversation about would he break Troy's record? Would he break OJ's record? And it's not a surprise that he dominated the way that he did and that he broke those records. What was a surprise to me, to be honest, was that he was left off of four and a half percent of ballots. And I understand that maybe he wasn't somebody's number one choice. Maybe he wasn't somebody's second choice, but to believe that he wasn't one of the top three players in all of America, it was asinine to me. Like there's a situation where you could say that he should have been on every voter's ballot And I know some people like to throw like, you know, some linebacker from Utah on there because, you know, they're from Utah and like that's what they watch and they think that guy deserves some credit. And I I understand that, but there's no conversation to me where you can leave Joe Burrow out as the best player in America. Also, not surprised at all that Jalen Hurts came in second because with the Buckeye vote, a lot of people in the Midwest were Joe Burrow because he's one of the best players was one of the three. And then you had to pick from Justin Fields, Chase Young, and then a lot of people had Jonathan Taylor or J.K. Dobbins on their ballot as well. So when you think of four players in the Midwest region that you could have picked from, and then if you're a smart voter, you actually put the best player in America on there, it was going to split the vote. Jalen was probably able to dominate throughout the South and throughout the Southwest and maybe even to the West Coast with those voters. But if you're a Midwest, if you're an East Coast voter, Um, You had some unique choices to make, and one of them was deciding between four really good players from the region while also including the best player in America. Yeah, that's a great point, too, like you said, because the the South, obviously, they they had their vote, and you could see clearly who it was going to. And I I don't really have – I mean, we knew he was the clear winner of the Heisman, Joe Burrow, so I don't really have any, any problems with whoever came after that. But it's what got me. So I was watching this and I always enjoy the speeches and and everybody's different in in the way they approach the speech part of it. I really, you know, really struck a chord with me just because any kind of connection you have with any anybody who does anything on on a big stage, even if you just covered them high school or, you know, you saw him at Ohio State and whatever it was when he got up there and did the speech and 
clearly got very emotional in a part of it, which I always, I appreciate raw emotion from anybody. And then the other part, when he came up there and talked about the poverty, um, you know, there in the area that he grew up in Ohio, and I guess he ended up raising all this money for like, you know, families that need food and, and everything. I just thought it was incredible. Yeah, it, it absolutely was incredible. Um, I agree with you on the raw emotion aspect, and I think football is a very emotional game. A lot of times we get the emotion on the field. We get some emotion after the games, but rarely do we get a captive audience where all eyes are looking at you and you can be that genuine and that emotional. And obviously this year, Joe Burrow made a ton of money on the field, but I think that you know just by being who he is, he ended up making a lot of money off the field through that Heisman speech. And I know that wasn't his intent, but that's just a byproduct of it. And if you're him after the season, he needs to have a legitimate conversation with whoever is going to be his agent about reaching out to companies that, number one, align with his personality and obviously the, the good type of guy that he is because, you know, every mother's going to want to see that face in an ad campaign and every kid's going to believe that they can be the next Joe Burrow where maybe they didn't get their first shot, but the perseverance shows through. Um, that's a, a huge overarching theme, but also um, there's an opportunity to partner with companies that align charitably as well with what he wants to do, where he can make money and be able to raise money for causes. And I think that is the best place to live. And I've been able to to carve out a unique niche with some of the charitable yep. stuff that I do, where um, I can kill two birds with one stone, where I can spend time, make a little money personally, but also raise a ton more money than I'm ever going to make for a good cause. Joe has a great opportunity to do so. And it's all because he was being himself up there, emotional, you know, talking about the right things on the biggest stage in America and for college football. What I love football. about that too is he is from Ohio. He clearly, you know, wanted to go to Ohio State. Things did not work out for him there. But yet he went about everything so gracefully because he didn't really lose any love in the state of Ohio. Ohio State people still love him. And then he he sits there and even mentions Ohio State in his in his, his speech. I mean, it's a part of his journey. Yeah, does he have a little chip on his shoulder and to get to him to get where he wanted to get to? Sure, but he doesn't hate anybody for that. He doesn't say, "Oh, I, I you know, I'm never going to appreciate you know that part of my journey again." He embraces it. Yeah, and I mean, we can like truly unpack that because I think it's a great point. The way that he spoke about Ohio, obviously, growing up in Ohio it was a big deal for him to be able to include his hometown and his home state in his speech. But talking about his teammates from Ohio State and the coaching staff there and the opportunity he had, um, obviously there's no bad blood. And when you really like when you really look at it, he said that he didn't want to leave Ohio State. And it wasn't that Ohio State necessarily pushed him out. It was the fact that he was running out of time in his college career. He was a graduate of the university and he needed to go somewhere where he could play ball because he wanted to get the reps in. He obviously believed that he was a really good player, but great players also just want to play the game, regardless of if they're trying to chase the league or whatever. You just want to play. And truly, like, I think he understood after he got that injury during spring practice and Dwayne kind of had the edge on the job that he needed to make the move. And I know some Ohio State fans right now, it's like a very small percentage, but it's a weird percentage. They're like, last year we would have been in the playoff if we had Joe Burrow. And the fact of the matter is Dwayne Haskins won the job. Uh, he broke all kinds of records in the Big Ten, statistically one of the best quarterbacks to ever come through the conference, became a Heisman finalist, was a first-round draft pick. Joe Burrow last year was completing less than 60% of his passes. 
Fast forward a year, Joe Burrow rewriting record books, completing like 80% of his passes. Heisman Trophy winner, probably a first-round draft pick too. It just wasn't his time, and it wasn't the situation at Ohio State. But here's a guy who put the work in somewhere else in a program. Truly give Coach O a lot of credit in believing in him. But it's a hell of a story because college football right now, a lot of guys probably leave a little bit too quick, or a lot of guys won't bet on themselves. But here we have a situation where he put in the time to the point where he just couldn't put it anymore. And then he bet on himself. And And I think I relate to those stories as a person more so than some of these people who just kind of come onto the scene and dominate from the beginning because my life has not been like that. So I know there's a lot of people like me out there that have to kind of push through all the crap before you get the, the prize at the end. So, of course, I just like connect immediately to that kind of stuff, you know? Yeah, it just feels like an American dream type story, to be honest. You know, just put the work in, keep grinding, then you pay off at the end. I hope we can see Ohio State, LSU, uh, you know, championship game, because I just think it would bring so many cool stories. So we'll have to see what happens with that. As for some of the other bowl matchups that are coming up, I actually, I went through the list the other day, Joshua, because I really, I really needed to look at the chunk of bowl games that were happening before we get to some of those. I did want to get your opinion on do you think we have too many bowl games at this point, or do you think that's a good incentive for teams regardless? I think both. I think there are probably too many games because, um, I mean, during the, the regular season, it's really hard to watch a 6-6 six and six football team, and then you're getting a matchup of two 6-6 six and six teams where there's a trophy at the end. And the reality of the situation, like my college roommate's mm-hmm. brother played at UNC, they went eight and four. They won yeah. like the Belk Bowl or something, yep. and they got a ring for the bowl game. And you know, not to disparage anybody's program, but like I, I just don't think that we need to be celebrating eight and four seasons, regardless yeah. of where you're playing college football. You know, my senior year we went twelve and one, and we didn't get a ring because we didn't win a Big Ten championship and we didn't go to the playoff. We won the Fiesta Bowl, wasn't good enough to get a ring. So that's kind of the mentality I'm in. And then I also think for like. Michigan State, it's good for them to get their 15 bowl practices in uh, to develop their roster and kind of figure out what they're going to do next. But at the same time, do they really want to be at the pinstripe bowl? No, because a few years ago, they were playing in the college football playoff. A few years ago, they were in a Rose Bowl. Like, those are the games that you really no, don't want to watch, and I but it is what it is. I on both aspects, too. Uh, it's, it is kind of crazy, though, because I was looking down the list of these bowl games, and some of them, on, I was, some of them I was like, what in the world? I don't want to watch this. Like, I have no need to to watch that bowl game now there were some that I think are going to be good that aren't the you know the top four uh, games or whatever that are happening so here's the ones that intrigued me so we've got the cotton bowl between Penn State and Memphis and I just want to see Memphis I guess go up against a a big boy team that it I kind of just want to see what they have against a team like Penn State a big 10 team so that's that's why I wanted to see the Cotton Bowl. I think yeah. that's intriguing. Yeah, I think it is too. If you're, if you're Penn State, right. it's almost a lose-lose because when you win the game, you're supposed to beat Memphis. When you lose the game, you know, it's bad for that program. Um, Memphis has a really good running back. One of my hot takes is people talking about playoff expansion and they think the group of five should get an automatic bid. I think the group of five has uh, no business in a playoff uh-huh. conversation in any scenario unless they become one of the – the top eight teams or whatever the playoff expansion would be. And people will talk about Boise state, you know, they'll talk about uh, some of the recent matchups, but the reality of the situation is like, you know, they were playing 
Oklahoma Boise State was and they were number nine Oklahoma yeah. was seven and they beat yeah. them by a point and you know like UCF will beat Auburn and it's like okay Auburn was the number eight team they didn't beat them by very much and sure. Auburn probably wasn't motivated to win and they were a three loss team anyway I can go on and on but I'll be curious to see what Penn State does because uh, some people thought they were a little overrated I think they're a good team Next this will be a good I challenge. had Citrus Bowl because who doesn't want to see <laughs> Jim Harbaugh go up against a Nick Saban team that is probably thinking, wow, we're not in the college football playoff for the first time since it started, right? To, to I am interested in this one because, A, yeah. I want to just see what Harbaugh can do against Alabama, period, because Michigan has clearly not been the team that we all expected it to be once Harbaugh took over. But I want to see how Nick Saban motivates a team that is not in the college football playoff. That's what I want to see. Yeah, and I think if you're an Ohio State fan, this game's a win-win because Michigan wins, and hey, we got to win over the SEC. Michigan loses, Michigan sucks, and we really don't care. So that's awesome. Alabama's got some really speedy receivers, and Michigan struggles against speed. So I'm curious to see that matchup. And I think a lot of Alabama's top players are going to be playing in the game, partially because I think Nick Saban strong-armed him and said, hey, if you don't play in this bowl game, I'm going to badmouth you to NFL teams. Um, but that's only a hunch I have. This will be a good matchup, though, to to really see where yeah. Michigan is at as a program. Because if they are they want to be a blue blood and they want to stay in that conversation, they want to win 10 games this year, they're going to have to go through one of the, the traditional blue bloods, but lately one of the teams that's always been in the picture. Utah versus Texas in the Alamo Bowl. I just put this in here, Joshua, because I knew – how much you did not like Texas. And I really wanted to see Utah yeah. be able to rebound after they fell to Oregon. Cause I like Utah. Okay. I like Utah and I just want them to do something to end the season in a good way. Cause I was really disappointed that they blew their chances at winning the PAC 12 and getting into the college football playoff. Yeah. And I've got a, a hunch that Utah is going to beat the brakes off of Texas. Number one, because I don't think Texas is very good, but number two, like that's going to be a team yeah. that's going to be motivated to prove yep. how good they are against a brand. I, I think that'd be a good matchup just to see okay, what Utah is really made versus of. Auburn in the Outback Bowl. This is something where you've not been impressed by Auburn the entire season. And Minnesota has been a team that had been clearly just playing such great football they were undefeated obviously at the end they kind of slowed down I just wanted to see this matchup because I do really like Minnesota and I like what they did this year so I do want to see them up against what was considered for a majority of the year a, a top you know 15 team in Auburn yeah this is this is my number one matchup okay. it is because I, I I think the same thing I, I I feel like Auburn at times to me has been very lackluster and unimpressive um, Minnesota is a team that definitely exceeded expectations this year. And now you get a matchup between both teams where people probably have questions. Like I, as a, a Northern Midwestern, whatever football fan question, how good Auburn was. I bet you a lot of people in the South really question how good Minnesota actually was. Here's a game where you get to figure out. And it's, I think this one is probably the best litmus test for the big 10 versus sec competition, because you feel like Auburn, maybe they were like 12 or something, Minnesota 17. But when you look at their records and you look at the wins and the losses that they have, you feel like these teams are comparable in terms of resume. So I'm curious. I just love the granddaddy of them all, the Rose Bowl. I love this because you know what it is, Josh. It, Joshua, it is a Pac-12 
versus Big Ten game. And that's what I love. I always love the good old-fashioned Pac-12 Big Ten rivalry uh, when it comes to the Rose Bowl. And this time we have Wisconsin and Oregon. And I think this is going to be a really good game. Yeah, I think it's going to be a good football game too. I I agree with the traditional uh, conference tie-ins here, just making the game that much better. And I'm actually going to be at this game. My studio crew from Big Ten Network is going to be covering it. Yep, I'm going to be in Wisconsin later this week to uh, do film study with some of their linebackers. So we'll have some cool content coming. But I, I do agree that this football game should be really good. Wisconsin, obviously, the committee thought really highly of. Oregon came on there in their conference championship game. And to me, Wisconsin's strong defense, Oregon's strong offense. Oregon is an improving defensive team. Wisconsin's been explosive on offense at times. I think it comes together as a really, really good matchup. I think bowl season is going to be, like I said, there's a list of games that I'm really intrigued in. So those ones I'm really excited for, obviously excited for the college football playoffs as well. So next week, we are going to take a break so that we can enjoy uh, the holidays. So we won't be doing anything next week, but then we'll get back into uh, some of the the bowl talk and everything and break down the college football playoffs in the weeks to come. But for everybody out there who would like to subscribe, just go ahead and click on iTunes, type in press pass. You'll see our cool emblem there. And then you can just subscribe real easily. Just push the button and then give us a rate and review the rate. You just push the five stars. If you're in the giving mode this season, and give us a review if you're feeling extra just nice. I mean, we love that this time of year because I feel like everybody can just push that five star. Yeah. I mean, think about it like it's a holiday bonus. You know, that's what yeah. everybody wants. We love it. Uh, you can follow me at Kayla Anderson TV on Twitter and Instagram. Very active on both those fronts. Go follow us on Press Pass on Instagram as well. We put up, you know, pretty much everything every week when it comes to teasing our upcoming episodes and what you can expect out of us. And then Joshua, you're going to be so busy during this bowl season. So great person to follow. Where can they go to follow you? At RIP underscore JEP on Twitter and Instagram. I will be busy this bowl season, but never too busy to take your questions on the matchups, specifically the Big Ten Conference matchups. I'll have a little more insight on those, but I just love college football anyway. So Happy happy Christmas. Merry Christmas. I hope you enjoy the holiday. I hope you get over this head cold of yours so you can actually enjoy it with your family and have fun hosting at your your Christmas family. I think that's such a cool thing. Yeah, you know, it'll be fun. Merry Christmas to you as well. And I'm glad you got to spend some time out on the West Coast uh, with family. And, um, you know, hopefully you have a a merry, merry Christmas. And I'll speak to you before the new year, of course. Absolutely. And, And Merry Christmas to all of you guys out there. Thank you for listening. And we will be back here in just a short time. See ya.